Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Church in the Village this week. I got to say, it's really good to be back um, to see all your faces. It's really wonderful. Um, so if you will stand with us, we will just get started this morning. I'm going to start with what a glorious night. baby stood by his mother's side here lay the savior inside a manger oh what a glorious night oh what a glorious night i hear the angels singing hallelujah let the earth receive her king i know that love has come sing it out Jesus Christ is born. I heard that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds wondered they couldn't hide it. Told everyone inside. All were amazed when they heard how God came down on the glorious night. God came down on this glorious night. I hear the angels singing, Hallelujah, let the earth receive her King. I know that love has come. Sing it out, Jesus Christ is born. Glorious, what a glorious night. Glorious, glorious, what a glorious night. I hear the angels singing, Hallelujah, let the earth receive her King. I know that love has come. Sing it out, Jesus Christ is born. I heard that Jesus Christ is born. All is calm now, all is quiet. A star is shining in the sky. Below in Bethlehem, the king is sleeping. Oh, what a glorious night. Oh, what a glorious night. Amen. Aren't you glad for that glorious night when he came? Amen. Well, if you'll take a moment, would you greet your neighbor and let him know that you're happy to see him this morning?
Well, good morning. I'm glad you guys could come out on this. Uh, Miss Nora, Miss Nora's running circles around me. You can be seated real quick if you'd like. Um, um, welcome back to Amber. For you guys that don't know, I don't know if you introduced yourself. This is Amber Gallagher. She, uh, welcome back. She had baby Caroline a few months ago, and that's the young one you see over there. And um, and Amber promptly got greeted this morning by a text from the Parker saying, we are not feeling well. So I said, hey, welcome back, Amber. You're by yourself. We'll just set you up in the front here in the middle. Um, so welcome back, Amber. Um, it's great to have you back. I'm um, praying for the Parkers as they're not feeling well this morning. A couple announcements real quick for you. Um, Thursday, we will have our Village Crossing, and that will be the last one of 2021. We will take the week off between Christmas and, and New Year. Um, so you can spend time with your family. But Saturday, and this is for everybody, anybody wants to come, at 9.30 we have a family breakfast at the, uh, Nicole put it up there. No, that's the only way I know she changed something. It's like this glow comes behind my head. But um, at 9.30, um, that's for everybody in the family, anybody that wants to come. And uh, so if you'd like to come out for that, come on out. Um, you don't have to bring anything if you would like to. There's a sign-up sheet on uh on our social media so you can sign up for that and then december 23rd at 6 30 we will have our christmas eve eve invite all your family all your friends we got plenty of room in here for everybody it will be around a half an hour to about 40 minutes long 45 i try to keep it to that so you guys can enjoy um, i'm excited and this is why i'm excited every year we've had it at chautauqua last year we did a drive-in right here in the in the front of the school this is the first time in the six years we've done this that I can actually leave the stuff up. I can just turn a switch off because nobody will be in school. And then I can go and talk to everybody and have a great just evening and, and greeting everybody. So invite your family and friends. It's a night where we get together and we sing and, and we, we talk a little bit about why Jesus is, is who he is in our life. And um, so it's always a good time. So come out for that. Um, I'm trying to think, am I missing something, Nicole? I'm not, so maybe I should make Nicole do this one week, because she gives me the cheat sheet for it all, but um, with that, I'm going to ask you to stand, I'm going to pray, Father, we thank you for a morning where we can come and worship your name, we thank you for the season that we're celebrating, and the fact that God is with us, when you came as a child, and um, a triumphant king that was laid in a manger, the love that came with that, the, the love that showed that, that you wanted to be with us. Not just Lord over us, but be with us. So this morning, we're crying out for that this morning. Just be with us. I sent your spirit this morning, and even in my own heart, my own spirit, Lord, that, that I just pray that I'm open that you continually speak that you continually move in this room and that you continually open my mind and ears to your word this morning. Let our worship this morning just give us a glimpse of heaven. Let us forget about what's coming up or what's happened or where we're at right now and let us just enjoy your presence this morning. Let us build our life to that let us seek our life to that, that no matter where we're at, Emmanuel is here. In your Son's glorious name, 
Amen. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. upon your love it is a firm foundation i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken yes i will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your
your love to those around me holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me amen lord that's our prayer today not just for the season lord but every day of our lives god that we would build everything upon you and your name because that's the only thing that's going to last help us lord to see you afresh this season and may it change our lives lord May we be so on fire for you and for your love. We just need you so much, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. This next song we're going to sing, you all know it pretty well, I would think. It's one of my favorites.
Jesus, Lord, at thy place. Lord, God, we just thank you for sending your son. We thank you for your love that lights up our lives, Lord. We pray, God, that that light would shine through us to others, Lord. You were Lord at your birth, Lord, and you're Lord now. And we honor you this morning. This Sunday, as we continue to uh, celebrate Advent, we will light the love candle, or turn on the love candle, as we may, but uh, um, love is the reason we celebrate Christmas. You may be seated. we got some ushers that's going on. Kids, you can head out with Miss Tiffany. Um, this is the reason we celebrate Christmas in the way we do. It's that God so loved the world that He gave His only, one, his only Son, um, that whosoever believeth in Him... Whoever should believe in Him should have eternal life. And that's what drove um, the God we worship, the Savior we have, to come and be Emmanuel. God with us is the love that He had with us. And as we continue with that, um, we'll be diving into Galatians 3 and talking a little bit about um, God's love this morning. Um, and um, Just like everyone else in this room, the last few weeks we have gotten some packages delivered on the front porch. I'm guessing most everybody in this room at some point has got a package in the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's funny, at our house, um, now that we have this dog for the last few years that I always tell Nicole that is her favorite um, male in the house is Simon. Um, and by the way, I talked last week of him always riding in the front seat. Nicole gave me shotgun last week and he was not happy. Yeah, she posted a picture. Simon was not happy of me, and he just stared at me and would not look at me the rest of the night. Um, but we'll have these packages delivered, and when we come home from, when me, Brody, and Lily all come home from school, Nicole gets off a little bit later than us, first thing we do is we let the dog out and let him use the restroom, and then I open the front door for him because he likes to look, and he likes to see the kids get off buses and all that kind of stuff. He's, 
He's, we love him. He's a special dog. We love him. But one thing has been happening lately is, you know, we'll get deliveries. And uh, he, he has figured out that some of those deliveries is a chewy box. And he knows those are for him. And, uh, but whenever he sees that truck stop, he'll run to the front door. Or if he hears it and he's in the backyard, he'll come running through the door, busting through our back door, not like literally busting, we leave it cracked for him to come in. And he'll come and he'll run all the way to the front door and you'll just start hearing him go, hmm, hmm. And then sure enough, the delivery person will start walking up to the front door and then he just starts going nuts. Right? It's like he's guarding our house. He, he stands there and he's like, I don't know this person. Which, it's the same guy every time, right? We go to mom and dad's house. Um, I took Balin over with Lily and Brody on Friday when we were dropping Miles off after weight, weight training. As you can tell, I've been getting jacked up lately. Um... Um, baseball weight training, Brody's been going in, and I've been working Brody out a little bit. And um, So we go to Mom and Dad's, and every time we turn the doorknob, Mom's big, ferocious Dotson comes in. Right? Dogs, just for some reason, just guard their, their home, their abode, their, their dens, right? Um, and, and even to the point, the last thing Simon does before he gets put up in, in, into his bed, right, his, his crate at night, is he's got to go out, use the restroom. Nicole makes sure of that. She take him down and use the restroom. And after she hand feeds him in our bed his dinner, um, yes, <laughs> yeah, she does. Takes it out and hand feeds him. He goes out. He'll use the restroom. He kind of makes his perimeter check, and then he stands on the deck for three minutes, just going, just making sure we're safe. Right? He's our guardian, and you see. As we're on these journeys and we're breaking free to a life of faith in Jesus, not just our actions, but faith in Jesus, there was and still is a purpose for the law in our lives. We talked a little bit about that last week, about what that purpose for the law was, right? It, it showed us the way of salvation. But you see, we've got to understand that the law is more of a guardian than it was a way to come to the Father. It kind of guarded us. So in Galatians Three, we're going to read verses 23 through 26. And verse 23 says this, Now before faith came, and by the way, I'm almost to that point. My family knows I, don't, I have really good eyesight. I'm either going to have to get a larger print Bible or I'm going to have to read off the screen. All right, that makes, that makes my sister so happy. But, I, you know, I've already got most of my Christmas presents, so maybe a large print Bible. But uh, um, now before faith came... We were held captive under the law, imprisoned until coming faith would be revealed. Verse 24, if, if you have a highlighter or if you're reading off your phone, highlight this verse. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified, that we might be free from our sins by faith. But, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons, consequently, that's just one word for sons and daughters, of God through faith. So Paul goes in a little bit deeper in this text this morning 
about the law and what the purpose of the law was. And, and so he begins to say, hey, the law was our guardian. Now that word guardian we think of, we think like Simon, we think like dogs, we think of somebody watching our house or as I was in college, a security guard for college. Yeah, you guys, you can picture that. Blue uniform and everything, wasn't even cool looking at all. Um, but we think of guardians, right? But this, this word in the Greek that Paul uses here is more like a tutor. And we'll, we'll kind of dive in to that in a little bit, right? But you see, it was more like a tutor until Jesus came so the faith that we had in God could be justified by what He did on the cross. So this role of a guardian in the Roman and Greek um, society was more like a tutor and a guardian at the same time. So here's what would happen. Um, a child would be, wherever a child was being taken to, see, schooling was a little bit different back then. They would go to school until they're five years old especially in the Jewish culture. They would learn the first five books of the Bible by memorization. Um, I can't remember five verses in the Bible. That's why I like Jesus wept. That's my number one memorized verse, right? So you have these that memorize the five, first five books of Talmud of the Bible, and, and, and if they were not the best of the best when they're Five years old, they kind of get kicked out of school when they go learn the family business. Now, the next cutoff is like nine years old. And if they're not the best of the best of the best, they get kicked out and go learn the family business. And by the time that they're 12, if they're not the best of the best of the best of the best, then they have to go learn the family business. Which is, consequently, if you think about all the disciples, they were doing the family business, so guess what? They weren't the best of the best of the best of the best. And so when these kids were, were going on their ways to school, even in the Roman and Greek society, kind of the same roles, right? This guardian wasn't just a tutor, and it wasn't just somebody that protected the kids on their way to school or on their way to work or the way to the grocery store or whatever it was. They literally taught these people, these young, these young people, how to live life. In the Jewish society, it was how to, what's the law? I like to say that's my role at Carlisle Schools, but, you know, it's really not. But um, they teach them how to live life and not just bodyguard them, but they show them how to live their life. So once they're done and they're free from, from being a child and, and an adolescent, now they can go and learn these lessons, right? See, the law in this sense was given to protect us on the journey as we learned last week. But it's also to give guidance to the character of God. You see, Jesus came to show that the law teaches and guide, but it ultimately it may teach and guide and it may protect, but only justification can only come from the one that fulfilled the law, which is Jesus. So we got two questions this morning. And the first one is this, how did Jesus fulfill the law? And the second question is, how do we get what do we get now to help us guide us on our journeys? How did Jesus fulfill the law? Love. See, when Simon is barking and, and somebody new comes to the house, because he's got a mean bark, for you guys that know Simon, it's, he's a nice dog, he's a loving dog, but he's got a mean, deep, like, Um. We had, Lily had some friends over, which I'm still recuperating from. If you've ever had five 11-year-olds, 
12-year-olds at your house at the same time. You know you need a couple of days to recoup. Um, and one of the mothers came to pick up one of the daughters, and um, Simon started growling. I'm like, here it goes, right? So when he does this and people don't know who Simon is, the first thing we do is this. I'm so sorry, he's a nice dog. Right, everybody, do you guys do that with your animals? No, oh, he's a love, lovely dog. Or my cat, still alive, by the way. Um, my cat, oh, she's a great cat. She loves people. You know, <laughs> Heather, Heather laughs because she really doesn't. But Or whatever you have, if you have a lizard that runs around your house. Some people do. Oh, it's a great lizard. Um, <laughs> you feel like you need to apologize because they're just, ah, it looks like they're going to attack, right? But I did some researching couple weeks ago about dogs and why they do it right it, it it's because it's their den we're like their pack we're, we're like their people right and they're going to protect their people and they're going to do that so actually when we're apologizing for him looking like he's being mean it's really coming out of a place that we would call love but dogs don't feel love but it's almost like this place of i know we want i'm sorry i shouldn't broke that to you dogs feel love guys all right but it comes out of this, this sense of their protection of us because we're part of them. We're in them. We're in their family. We're in their pack, right? You see, Jesus came to fulfill the law. He, everything that, that has guarded us and protected us, Jesus fulfilled the law, and He came to do that. Showing that we never could fulfill it ourselves. And when He died on the cross and He rose again in that love that He gave us, now we can start this journey of faith in Him because we've seen Him fulfill what protects us. See, His death, burial, and resurrection is the reason we have an opportunity to have this relationship. But His life is how His sacrifice was perfect. See, the death, burial, and resurrection is the gift that we get from God to continue this relationship that we never could continue. But the life is the reason that that sacrifice was perfect enough to satisfy God's wrath. See, He fulfilled the law for us. It wasn't just a protection for Jesus. It was a fulfillment that He needed to make, right? This guardian we have has now been fulfilled. So now we don't just get a glimpse of God's character. See, it revealed God's character, but you see, it, it's not just a glimpse that we get anymore because of what Jesus did for us. We get to experience God's character. And ultimately, God's character is love. 1 John 4, 8-10 through 10 says this, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be propitiation for our sins, a substitute for our sins. See, no longer do we need to have the law to show us God's character. We get to experience God's character and we get to experience His love because of what Jesus has done for us. And you see, saying God is love, it isn't saying that we have the right to do whatever we want. See, we, when I say we experience God's love, it, it's like my kids. When I think my kids experience our love, even tough love sometimes, right? 
It's not saying we get the right to do whatever we want because God loves us. The guardian tutor protected the children from reckless ways. God provided a way to have a relationship with Him. Just where we were. But don't miss the fact that He loves you so much, He doesn't want to leave you that way. See, God is love is somebody that will absolutely change you to be the best you you can possibly be. That's what that love does. We get to experience that. We get to experience sometimes the heartache and, and the, the hard refinering that God's trying to make us be. There's things that have destroyed my life. There's things that are destructing my life at this time. And there's things that God's trying to refine away from that. See, a lot of my stuff is, is more, you know, self, like just self-esteem type things that will just destroy. And I'll listen to that voice in our head. We were talking Thursday at Village Crossing about, you know, listening to the voices in our head. And, and Lisa was talking about friends who said they don't have a voice in their head. Like when they read, they don't hear their voices in their head. I'm like, I wish I didn't have a voice in my head. Because at times, here's what God's trying to do in my life. God is trying to say, I love you so much that I want to replace that voice in your head with my voice. Tulian Tavekian, the, the, I believe the son-in-law of Billy Graham, who is a pastor that fell from grace, but is being restored gently back up says it this way, legalism says that God will love us if we change. The gospel says God will change us because he loves us. That's the love of God. That's how we experience the character of God. It's no longer do we, we wallow in the things that, that are destructing us or destroying us. He wants to change us into the person he's called us to be. And that's how Jesus fulfilled the law. He did it to show us His love, and He did it so that we can experience that love. So what do we get now to help guide us? We get the Spirit. Right? If you, if you look at verse 25, it says, But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. See, the law still gives us these natural blessings when we follow it, right? But, but we now have this thing called the Holy Spirit, right? There's times in my life when I get an urging so strong that it can't be ignored. And listen, I'm not just talking about when I'm hungry. Like, I'm going to be honest, after about, about noon today, there's going to be something I want to eat. And I usually back off. I'm not the guy that usually says, hey, let's go here. I want to be gentle, and we end up somewhere where I don't want to go, but I'll eat something. Because not everybody's going to eat what I want to eat. Um, I remember me and Nicole were first starting dating, and, and she moved to Middletown. Um, her parents and I worked at a church in Hamilton. And, and I told you, a couple, like last week, I, I used to weigh, I used to be big, like big, um, like round. Like I was, if I was any shorter, I would roll on this stage. And I remember every Sunday night, Nicole would be like, hey, well, you want to get something to eat and come over and we'll watch? I don't even remember what we used to watch over at your apartment. And, and Nicole knew where I was going to say, I love Gold Star. 
You see, her family's more of a skyline people. I'll put up with it. Right? That's how much I love Nicole. But, but this, <laughs> yeah, there's, hey, there's some times that I would urge on Sunday nights now, I, and there'd be like five cheese conies, chili cheese fries. I was young. I had metabolism. I still probably could eat five cheese conies and chili cheese fries, right? But, but I'll get these urgings sometimes to eat. Like mom's at Thanksgiving, you know, I'll eat, and then about five o'clock at mom's we'll be hanging out, and I've got to have a little roll with ham on it. It's just an urging, right? But see, this urging in my life sometimes goes beyond what I want to eat. Sometimes it's things in my life. Sometimes it's things that I want to get or I feel like I need to get or, or, or things I need to stay away from. But I will tell you, and it, just if you give me just a brief moment here, I'll kind of explain when God called us to be a part of church in a village, when God said, hey, you need to step out. We loved the church that we were a part of. I was a student pastor at a church called First Southern Baptist Church in Camden. And, you know, I would go out there. We'd, we'd worship on Sundays, Sunday evenings. Wednesday evenings, I did youth stuff. We did some other things throughout the week with, with that church. And the Camden, for you guys who don't know, it's kind of Preble Shawnee School District. Um, and it was always odd because I coached football here, and we used to wax Preble Shawnee all the time. So that was the weirdest Sunday ever. Like, I remember one time when Dusty was a senior, like, it was 54 to nothing at halftime. And I'm sitting here thinking, I've got to go to church on Sunday. And we may score 100 on this team. <laughs> I may get fired tonight. Um, all right, I thought people would laugh about that. We weren't mean, I promise. We weren't. <laughs> um, we loved the church. We loved the people. We still talk to the people. The people still text us. And, but there was something every Sunday that I would go. And it's the uncomfortable feeling. Not that I hated where I was at or I didn't enjoy where I was at. It was just a, a pool that was inside of me. And a pool that was kind of inside my wife. And I couldn't explain it. To this day, I still can't explain it. And then one day I asked Nicole, I was like, what, what do you think about maybe starting a church? You know, some things that happened here at the school and not like job-wise, but some extracurricular-wise, and just kind of led to this, hey, Eric, your life was two separate lives. Your ministry life was all done out in Camden, but your work life and social life was all done in Carlisle, and God basically said, why don't we just merge those two? And some of you might feel that way sometimes with jobs and and vocations and switching of, of careers, right? You might understand what I'm talking about, this, this pulling. And we stepped out in faith in 2015. I actually, we clicked a button on the Sin Network website, and within five minutes received a call, and then me and Nicole were beginning the process of being, I don't even remember what it was called at that time. I don't know, we just had to fill out a bunch of paperwork. And... And from that moment on, no matter how life has been in the last six years, there's just been a peace on Sundays. There's been a peace on whenever we do serve. And like Tuesday night, we did some hot chocolate for Santa Claus here in town. It was cold, but it was a good night. See, in this life, as we're breaking free from our self-reliance, right? As we're breaking free from a life that 
is built on who we are. It's so important to understand that we get the Holy Spirit to help guide us to become more like Jesus. See, the, the Godhead, the three in one that we sing about, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? It's one of those things people don't understand. And number one, we'll just give you a little bit of help this morning and kind of understand it, but understand God is who God is, and I can't fully explain how this works. I can't explain that there's three separate entities that are the same one. The only thing I can think of close to it, now don't get this, that God is much bigger than what I'm trying to explain this Godhead in, is like water, right? It's cold outside right now. So we know what happens when it's below 32 degrees, what happens with water. It freezes, right? It becomes solid. So look at it this way, and trust me, I'm not trying to explain thousands of years of research on the Trinity. What I'm trying to explain is how we can get all these three at the same time, right? So you have God the Father who is the base of water, but when water freezes, it becomes solid, Jesus in man form. I truly believe when you're reading through scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, anytime you see the physical appearance of God, the hands that molded Adam in the clay, that's Jesus because he's God in man form. So Jesus is sprinkled all throughout the Bible because God is spirit. Jesus tells us God is spirit. No one has ever seen God. So this man form is like the ice that we see, right? It's a physical form of the water that we see, but then when it heats up, what happens to the ice? It melts, and then there's steam. I was coming in this morning, and I saw steam all over Carlisle. I'm like, man, this metropolis of Carlisle. The sewers were steaming like they do in the big city. Like we're just getting, we're massive in Carlisle. We look like New York City this morning. But think about this. So now you have the steam, which is like the Holy Spirit, right? It's there. You, you know it's there. You see it there. You feel it there, right? All three of them can exist at the same time. Go look at a pond, a creek, all that stuff. Now that's a very basic way to ex explain the Trinity. I don't have much time this morning to go into the depth of each three persons. But I want you to understand that, that the God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit are the same God and they lead the same way. Jesus himself... And here's the thing about the Spirit, right? So you, you had the law that protected us that came from God through an angel to Moses that mediated to other people, right? Now we have Jesus in our life and there's no mediation because the Spirit now enters the life of a follower. And here's the craziest thing that Jesus said to the disciples. They had watched Jesus perform miracle after miracle after miracle, heal the lame, raise people from the dead, give water or give food out of nothing. And Jesus tells the disciples that he had to go. He had to die on a cross and he had to go back to heaven because the comforter would come and he's, he's way greater than I am. See, John 14, 25 through 27 says this, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. Don't miss this fact because Jesus is saying the same thing through the Holy Spirit this morning. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And this is right here. 
one of the most important verses we need to understand what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. And he says this, not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, when Jesus says it's more important for the Holy Spirit to come, because God lives in you now, he's saying, I'm giving you peace in a world of trouble. Not a peace as the world understands it. Not a peace of an, absent, an absence of violence or an absence of conflict. Jesus is saying the peace I give to you is more important than the peace of the world. It's to know that I am yours and you are mine. This is the spirit that we get. See, peace comes from the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I'm learning in my life that, that if, I'm, if I'm not in peace then I'm probably trying to do things in my own way. You see, this is how we grow. It's that Jesus said. And we need to trust where He is leading us. That's where peace comes, and we're going to talk a little bit more about peace next week. But you see, peace comes from the guidance of the Spirit. It's, it's trusting in how we're growing and learning from God. We need to trust in the way that He's leading us in the steps that we're taking. There's been times in my life where I'll go in or I'll do a hospital visit or I'll do a visit to somebody at home that's sick and I'm like, I don't even know what to say. A couple of weeks ago I was visiting somebody in the hospital and I didn't know what I was getting, didn't know how they were going to be when I went in. And I'm like, so I'm running through things in my brain like... What kind of verse should I read? What kind of, you know? And sometimes there's, I just go in and I open my mouth and things come out. About every Sunday too, by the way. <laughs> See, when Jesus says, the Spirit will bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So you don't have to become the greatest theologian in the world. Yes, it's important to study Scripture and it's important to memorize it, but understand this. When you're following Jesus and you're letting the Spirit guide you, guess what? Those things will be brought up in your brain. But when you're working hard in your own ways and self-reliance, guess what? You forget those things. They get pushed back. Oswald Chambers says this, No man by mere human high wisdom would dare undertake a step for Jesus' sake unless he knows that the Holy Spirit has directly spoken to him, and until he comes, I shall not go. I'll tell you, six years ago, if I knew that wasn't from the Holy Spirit, it would be ridiculous to take that step. In the early years of, of church in the village, we were more serving than we were worshiping together. And there's moments in our life that, that I think, man, I would have been crazy if I didn't do this in the Spirit. And I look out this morning and I see all the people that's here this morning and the people's lives that, that come on Thursdays. And it just it blows my mind that you know, when you step out, God just says, there's people that need you on this journey. As I need you people on my journey. And if I do things out of the step of the Holy Spirit, that's where the chaos, that's where that all comes in. So I'm going to ask Amber to come back up, and she's got to give up her baby. I tried to wait for those right moments. That was a good one right there. She was kissing her and hugging her. Get up here.
Get up here. Put the baby down. <laughs> Let us be guided by the Spirit. Let us challenge each other to guide by the Spirit. Let's break free from our thinking that God will love us because of what we do. But let us understand and live in that moment that He just loves us because of who we are and the fact of who we are. Let us fight together. As His love is changing us to be more like Him. And let us teach each other to trust in that. Let us share each other's stories in that. You know, why, why always bring up village crossings and it's really just a fancy way of saying Bible studies, but it's also adding in that cool factor of like railroad crossings. <laughs> right? Don't know. But really why, why I always bring it up is, is because there's days where I'm struggling. I'm telling you, Thursday was a hard day. And then you can sit down and you can hear about each other's life. And there's something about that. It's something about hearing other people trust in that spirit and how they're growing in their faith and how, how they're living out in their faith that I, would, I just can't miss. I need it in my life. It's something about that community because it drives me to live more in the spirit of God. It reminds me. It's, it's all that, that I've pushed down in my brain. That I've let my voice and I've let who I am kind of lead my steps, right? And, and ultimately, it reminds me of, man, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And i got to let the Holy Spirit guide, and that's where the peace comes from. So two questions, and I'm done this morning. And the first one is this. Is it time for you to respond to God's love? Now, when I say respond to God's love, this is what I mean. Step out in faith and follow Him. I've learned a lot over my years. I was like three days, four days old the first time I ever went to church. Mom put me in the nursery yet. And then I continued my whole life going to nurseries and Sunday schools and all different churches that we ever attended. But it wasn't until I was at a church camp one year that I actually, listen, I knew. I knew God. I knew God's love. I knew. I studied, I studied in college all about God's love. But there was a day when I was 22 years old and I remember stepping out and saying, man, I know it, but I've never really fully stepped out in faith in Him. I'm giving you my life. That's what I mean responding to God's love, saying I trust in who you're making me be. Some call that becoming a Christian. Some call that being saved. I call it being a follower because Jesus in the Bible Himself says, come follow me. Follow me. And that's how you respond to this love that we've been given. I'm going to follow you. And, and, and simply, I always try to say this way, you know, that's, that's knowing that you've been a sinner, that He forgave you of that, and you need to repent, which means turn, but it's more than a turning. It's more than just saying, hey, I'm going to turn away from the bad stuff to the good. You feel drawn to the good. That's the repent. You love this more than you love that. And then... You just live it out. And if that's you this morning, you can tell me. I'll make it easy on you. You can shoot me a message through social media. You can shoot me a direct message on anything that I'm on and just say, I'm ready to take these next steps. 
And then we'll talk about a celebration of that. So is it time for you to respond? The second one is this. Who is guiding who in your relationship with Jesus? Here's what I mean by that. Are you just kind of doing whatever you want to do and attaching Jesus to it? Are you just saying, eh, that makes sense to me. Who is literally guiding who in your life? Are you trying to nudge Jesus into this way? Are you trying to nudge the Spirit into this way? Are you literally just waking up every morning? Because my life has changed in the last three days when I've said, you know what, just guide me. I want to wait for you. I want to move in you. I want to whatever you need. I'm telling you, a peace has come over me in my life. Yes, I still get angry at ball games. I still get those things. They bother me sometimes. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if I'm being guided by the Spirit, the peace, that's the promise of God. Is That's where the peace comes from. No matter what, what your circumstances are, no matter where you are in life, peace won't come until you're literally totally devoted and immersed in the Holy Spirit guiding your life. You could be in the middle of the craziest war-torn country ever. And if you're guided by the Spirit, there's peace in that. That's the fight of a follower of Jesus. That's the fight we're breaking free from is the self-reliance that leads to non-peace or the reliance of the Spirit, the guidance of the Spirit that gives us peace. So as I pray, I'm going to ask you to stand. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for the gospel that you've given us, Lord. So Lord, this morning, for the one that that wants to reach out to you, let them have the, the boldness to do that. To take steps in you this morning. For the one that's like me that, that's been just guiding and attaching you to all those things, Lord, I'm sorry. Let me wait well on you. Let me be guided by the Spirit that you've placed inside me. Let me fight for each other as, as other followers are living this life of just trying to be guided by the Spirit. And we give you the glory for all that you're going to do. We ask this in your Son, Jesus Christ's wonderful, glorious name. Amen. Jesus, the name. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. 
Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. One more time. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Thank you guys for coming out today. Two things before you leave. Um, One I meant to mention in announcements. Um, Earlier this week we shot out an address to Nick Richards. He would love just to receive like a Christmas card. So if you got an extra Christmas card, you may not know Nick, but I'm sure he would probably just enjoy any kind of letter he'd get, right? Mr. and Mrs. He'd probably just enjoy that. Um, Nick is a young man that's been coming to church with Dom for years, and um, he's in basic training right now until February, February, January, January 28th down Paris Island. He's a Marine. He's going to be a Marine. So um, we'll shoot that back out this week, grab it, and just say, hey, you don't know me. But I just wanted to write you and say Merry Christmas. Second thing is, make sure you put December 23rd, 6.30 on your calendars. Come on out to the school and have a great week. And if you need anything, get a hold of us. See you guys.